0: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of A Need to Read. I'm not videoing this episode because the editing is proving pretty difficult um, for me and I need to do a course on that or I need to work out how to do it properly. I know it's better to fail forward um, and to just like start doing something and then get good at it later but oh my god it causes so much stress for me trying to clap and, and line up the video and then not getting it right. So I'm going to come back to that at a late stage, but just for now, um, I'm going to keep it just with the audio. It makes me feel a little bit more relaxed as well, which hopefully you can hear in my voice. Um, am the last week's where I was probably worried about what my hair was looking like on camera and stuff like that. It's a bit nicer just to sit here and not think about that. Anyway, starting with the episode today, Because i read two books this week. Uh, Like I said, I was going to do the fiction in the evening, just before bed, and non-fiction in the morning and in the daytimes. So I read two books this week. Uh, One was Amsterdam by Ian McEwan. The other book was Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. Matt Haig has um, become one of my favourite authors through the course of this week. Because I'm a bit of a book slut, I'm I'm not particularly loyal to... My favorite author, they change pretty much from week to week. I don't know if you've noticed that about me. So when I'm like, oh my god, it's book of the year, I expect that to probably change within the next couple of weeks um, when I become interested in something else. Now, starting off with Amsterdam by Ian McEwan, it's uh, it was it was all right, that's really much as far as it goes for the book. There was no standout quotes um in the book because obviously it's 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 fiction so it's not like it's giving you a load of lessons for life or anything like that like like all the non-fiction books do but that being said there were some like nice messages in there and it was thought-provoking uh it follows these two guys clive and vernon clive's a musician writes like symphonies and vernon runs a I think it's quite a liberal sort of newspaper. It's like a lefty newspaper. They meet up at a, f- a friend's funeral. I think they both used to sleep with the friend um, that it was, or they both had some sort of romantic relationship with her. Um, but when they meet up at the funeral, they're talking about how, because she was so ill, if they were in her position, they'd prefer just to just end it and, and help each other um, do like assisted suicide, Um I don't think it's legal anywhere now, apart from like Switzerland, um, but I could be wrong. The book also runs through like people's importance of their job and how their job can get in the way of their morals. So it does it, I haven't got a job to get in the way of my morals as of right now, but I'd, I'd like to think that I wouldn't let it get there. But I think when you're like 60 and your career is your identity... Um, it would change things for you. So it makes you think about that kind of stuff. If I'm honest, I give it like a, a two and a half, three stars out of five. Um, would would not recommend. I've heard that he's a pretty good author. Um, so I'm going to try and read one of his other books because it's written well, um, albeit that there was quite a few times where I had to Google what a word meant. But I mean, I'm just a dummy. So you guys might be able to... Uh, know what the words mean better than I do there's one part in the book that did stand out to me uh, as when the guys they fell out at a certain stage in the book and one of them is in the thoughts in his head it's written in the book is that a letter sent in fury is putting a weapon um, in the hand of the enemy I think that is true I think that when you send a text if you're pissed off or if you're angry at someone and you send that text straight away I've definitely done this before and it just comes back to bite you because you don't actually mean what you're saying. You're just you're saying it in the heat of the moment. You look back at it five minutes later you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have sent that. Some people unsend them. I'd rather just let it be. Like you've, you've shot the shot, just throw it out there and see what comes back um, at that point. But apart from that, Amsterdam by Ian McEwen, the famous English author. It's not. It's not one that I'm going to recommend to you. I'm not going to say that it's something that you'd have to read. If you're into short novels with lots of long words, then it might be for you. Personally, I'm not. So swiftly moving on to Notes from a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. It's such a good book. It's broken down into loads of little segments. I think the longest like chapter slash segment is about five pages long. So it's one of those books you can literally pick up for two, three minutes um, at a time. You could keep coming back to it and you just read something interesting every time, which is really good. There's loads of like little pages with quotes on there um, that I want to kind of read out. Um, but just to explain a little bit about him, he's, uh, he's an English author. He suffered quite a lot with anxiety and depression. There was times where he was suicidal. I think the the notes on a nervous planet is quite literally a summary of his sort of notes that he, he would make about the world and, and his thoughts on the world and, and the state that it's in I think me and him have got quite a similar sort of relationship with technology it's something that I quite I feel quite weirdly about at the moment um, like using Instagram for this I don't know if I like it I feel like I'm in two minds like a couple of days I'm like right I want to post those and I'm like well I need to get off my phone because I'm spending too much time on it and i'm a human i'm not a robot i'm not meant to spend this much time on technology before of course we merge with it and the world becomes a worse place than it is already potentially who knows not to get into conspiracy theories about technology um but he covers so many different sort of topics here like fake news and the way the internet just makes everything so much worse and why it's giving people loads of anxiety and and stuff like that. When I say stuff like that, I literally just mean anxiety and depression. I don't know why I keep saying it um, that way. There was one part in the book where he says it's an ode to social media. It's like, I I don't know if it's a poem or not, but he says, uh, when anger trolls the internet looking for a hook, it's time to disconnect and go and read a book. That's relevant because I want you all to start reading books, and I think it is a poem. I just wanted to read it out because no one's ever made me recite a poem. I wasn't that guy when I was in school, so now's my opportunity to do so. There's a lot about sort of us being people as opposed to sort of being our nationalities first. So he has um, one of the segments is imagine to so imagine if we had the day where we were called human beings. Not nationalities first, not by the sort of religion that they follow, since so no one's British, no one's American, they're just a human being um, so we're all sort of equal, which is is pretty true if you ask me. so there's other parts in the book we talked about sort of societal norms and men crying. now, I'm a crier I mean i haven't I haven't cried for a bit, I don't think I can't remember the last time I cried oh, it's when I read, um, this is gonna hurt, and I finished that, that was sad, I definitely had a little cry then, um, but he, he talks about, like, societal norms, and I hate societal norms, I hate the way that people try and force women to act in a certain way, men to act in a certain way, um, I guess, I don't know if I'm relatively feminine for a straight man, am I? You can, you can tell me that, um, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit more feminine than your average guy. Um, so I'm all for breaking down societal norms, get all the men crying. We could all have a group cry. That'd be sick. Um, I actually wouldn't because I hate crying in front of people. I've still got that thing where I just don't like don't like people seeing it, even though it's completely natural. He's like In the book, he says like women cry, men cry, everyone cries. Everyone's got tear ducts. Everyone has the ability to do so. It's just that one gender is seen as like shouldn't cry and the other one is seen as the criers which if you ask me i think is complete bullshit and we need to change it so i'm not saying start crying more but definitely be more open to it so i don't have to feel as bad when i cry that goes for everyone everyone just have a little cry now and then Following on quite nicely from that, he has one of his things as a side note on stigma. This is what I love about it. This book, you quite literally just follow his like pattern of thought throughout it. It's as if everyone sort of leads on to the next. Um, I'm going to read you a bit of a passage um, from here. So the side note on stigma. It says, we aren't encouraged to talk about our mental health until we are mentally ill. As if we have to fake being in 100% full health. Stress simply isn't taken seriously enough. Or is it taken so seriously that people are ashamed of talking about their bad mental health days? Either way, this leads to more people becoming not just stressed, but ill. And when we become ill and might not talk about it, we encounter a new stigma. So they're saying that like too often um, we view mental illness like a product of the person um, in a way that we don't with other sort of illnesses, as if it's kind of like their fault. And once again, bullshit. Um, It just happens. It's not something you can like prepare for. It's not because you smoke a certain amount of cigarettes, you become like mentally ill, like the other things. It's not anyone's like fault. There's obviously things people can do to help with anxiety and depression, but you never really talk about them until you've got anxiety and depression. That's when you start sort of trying to do do things. He also talks about suicide um, as if suicide sort of like still a crime, people committing suicide. Whereas he prefers to say it as like death by suicide. I thought that was quite an interesting point um, because if someone kills themselves, you you say that they've committed suicide as if they've like committed murder. Well, obviously they have killed themselves, but it's not to a point that they've like committed a robbery. It's, it's hardly a crime to be so ill that you don't want to carry on living and it's something that's all, all too common. Um, at the moment the statistics for um, sort of men and women between the ages of 20 and 34 it's mad I think I think that's the biggest killer Uh, that's what I read I haven't got it in front of me but someone could double check on that for me I think at the time of writing um, it was between 20 and 34 was the suicide was the biggest killer which is mad especially in like your I don't know if they're your best years but I feel like maybe they should be, but maybe that's just um because I'm not too optimistic about my seventies and eighties. I think Ricky Gervais said something about that. Uh, I went to watch Ricky Gervais last year, and he was talking about when people die and um they they stop like drinking and they stop smoking when they're in their like sixties, um because they want to get get back the years. They're like right, well if you quit smoking now, you get ten years um back in your life, and he gets there. Uh, and he's like, right? Well, brilliant. I'll have a, uh, I'll have thirty to forty, please. And he goes, well, you can't have thirty to forty. You've already lived those years. You have to, you have to get the other ten years. So you're like seventy to eighty. And he's like, the fuck do I want that for? And I just cough, and my arsehole falls out. Because like, I'd rather have those years back when I'm when I'm fit and I'm able. and I'm not walking up the stairs at point five miles per hour. To so, there's a lot in this book about sort of ways in which you can improve your life, and I'd be stupid not to read out this next bit because, of course, I want everyone to start reading. Uh, on a side note, that's that's the point of this podcast, is hopefully, that it gets people into reading, or at least they're not wasting their time reading books that they know they won't like because my <laughs> expert opinion um, has has told them about about the books that I've read. So at least they'll know what they don't want to read or what they do want to read without them to waste any time, apart from just listening to me waffle on about it. Um, but in the book, it says that so often um, reading is seen as important because of its social value, um, it's tied to education, and the economy, and so on. But that misses the whole point of reading. Reading isn't important because it gives you a job, it's important because it gives you room to exist beyond the reality you're given. It's how humans merge, it's how minds connect, dreams, empathy, understanding and escape reading is love in action it doesn't need to be books but we do need to find that space I'm going to say that it does need to be books it's nice to have a book in your hands and and not to condone like escapism but it is quite nice to escape from this world especially along the lines that he says about sort of technology in this book it's just very nice to get away so I'm a big supporter of that I think when it comes to reading we all have like an association with it from school so that like when we're forced to read um because we like to learn um i don't know why i said learn like that but uh, what i mean is in school they force you to read to learn um of course you are learning when you're reading books when you're out of school but it's done on your own terms so you get to choose um so you get some control back which is good because no one likes not having control anytime that you're told to do something you're more likely not to do it um for the most part but when you actually have the sort of freedom and and the choice yourself to choose what you're reading and what you look into and what you read around it's nicer than being told this is what you have to just read for your pe or for your english literature you get to make the choice there now a lot of other parts in the books he writes a lot of lists I really like it. I I sent out an email. If you're not signed up to my email list, um, you can find the link on my Instagram bio or I'll put it in the description here. Um, I sent an email out with some lists inspired by Matt Haig. Now, it was just that I wrote a list of things that were getting in the way of my productivity. He's written lists in the book, um, like what I tell myself when things get too much. And he wrote 40 different points on that. I think it might actually even be more. No, it's bang on 40. So I, I I wrote an email and I did, I think it was like 23 things that are getting in the way of my productivity at the moment. One of the main things is probably big bags of chocolate buttons. I keep hitting my shin on my bed every day. That annoys me. My semi-commitment slash pathetic commitment to learning Spanish, I think about that far too often, um, which gets in the way of my productivity. Maltesers. Thinking that I'm doing enough when I've like just walked the dog by like 9am. I'm like oh, you deserve a break, Ed. You've had a long morning. Um, And just stuff like that. Just the bullshit that I tell myself. So I just wrote all that down in email. So if you want to get emails like that, I'll put a link in the description and you can sign up to emails. I'll be doing more because... I've been a bit lazy recently and let it kind of slip. Now, to summarise, essentially, Notes on a Nervous Planet, of course, being the good little book whore that I am, I'm going to say it's one of my favourite books of the year so far. I think the way that it's written is engaging. It keeps you sucked in. There's loads and loads of quotes. I could have sat here all day. I could have read you the whole book if I was reading out my favourite bits. Um, But nobody's got time for that. We're almost at twenty minutes now, and I've only, they're only only two short books, um, so I definitely get notes on a Nervous Planet if you're if you've ever experienced anxiety or depression, or you just want to sort of um, read quite a funny, sort of witty, well written book um, about the world that we live in and one man's opinion on how it how it could be made better or what he thinks is wrong with it. I've bought some books. This week that I'm, I'm going to be getting into soon and I'm going to start um, putting it up to putting up to you, the people, um, what I read and what I review next. The books that I've ordered recently that I'm pretty excited to read. One is The Tao of Pooh, you not know, like Winnie the Pooh, a the little, the little bear. Um, the principles of Taoism which is like a philosophy um, demonstrated by Winnie the Pooh. So I'm pretty excited to read that. One's on attachment types. One's how to be right. And then Reaching Down the Rabbit Hole is another book that I've bought. So Extraordinary Journeys into the Human Brain. So these are all pretty interesting books that I'm looking forward to picking apart and picking out some good things and letting you know if it's worth having a read. The book that I'm reading this week coming up is I Am Pilgrim. It's a pretty thick novel. And when I say thick, I mean like T-H-I-C-C-C. It's like 800 pages. I haven't read a book that big ever it's my biggest ever so there you go um i'm not going to read a non-fiction book this week or a, i might um but that's <laughs> going to take up quite a bit of my time i imagine but obviously i will leave you on the stoic thought of the weeks which of course comes from the daily stoic by ryan holiday so if you're liking that feature you can get your own copy um and read through it's just a nice passage sort of each day that you read through now the one this week is titled steady your impulses it's by marcus aurelius comes from meditations and that's a book that i'm very 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 slowly sort of making my way through at the moment but he says don't be bounced around but submit every impulse into the claims of justice and protect your clear conviction in every appearance now what does that mean well So think of the manic people in your life, uh, not the ones suffering from an unfortunate disorder, but the ones whose lives and choices are in disorder. Everything in soaring highs or crushing lows, the day is either amazing or awful. Aren't those people exhausting? Uh, Don't you wish they just had a filter through which they could just test the good impulses versus the bad ones? There is such a filter. Justice, reason, philosophy. If there's a central message of a stoic thought, it's this. Impulses of all kinds are going to come... And your work is going to control them, like bringing a dog to the heel. To put more simply, it's just think before you act, and just ask yourself who is in control here, and what principles are guiding me. So before you have those impulses to, going back to what I said about the text, send like a nasty text or something like that. Just check in with yourself. Ask yourself if you're the one that's in control here. If you're letting your emotion, emotions, emotions, what's like a paint. No, your emotions uh, run away with you. So that's the end of that episode. Thank you for listening in. Obviously if you want to find us on Instagram, we're at a need to read. Or on Facebook, it's at a need to read. When I say two there I mean the number two, um, not the word two. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Um obviously if you want to keep up with what I'm reading without having to wait for the podcast I'm on Goodreads, um, you can see all the books that I've read recently or the ones that I wanna read. Um you can start your own sort of reading challenge on there I did do a post this week on Instagram about the books I've read so far this year, so I'm on 22 now or 21, at the start of the year I've wrote down a goal of reading 24 books, um, starting with just 15 minutes a day Um, so if you want to set your own goal, I suggest to start small and then you can smash it and then you feel good about yourself but that's the note that I'm going to leave you on so I hope you all have a good weekend, good week and I'll see you through the podcast microphone soon. Bye.